Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Well, hey, um, I don't think I'm going to be real long tonight, but I really do um, feel like I have a word from the Lord. Uh, God's just so kind to me, and maybe it's just my own insecurity that I really love when he confirms uh, that I'm on the right track um, when I'm sharing something. But the message that um, I've really felt like the Lord had me, you know, prepare and share with y'all tonight, it's like on my way here, I decided to just put on a podcast. And it was, uh, you know, from one of my mentors in Reading. And um, just I haven't listened to him in a while, so I just put it on and started to play. And his text was exactly, and I had no idea. You couldn't tell by the title. His text was exactly what I'm preaching tonight. And I thought, well, if it's good enough for him, (laughs) it's good enough for me. Um, But if you have your Bibles, I'm going to put this on the screen anyway. I want to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Romans 12, 2, and then 2 Corinthians 3. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you you shall be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to read verse 2, just the first part one more time. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Okay, you can go to the next one. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And uh, one of the things about like life in the kingdom, I believe there's paradoxes in the kingdom. I believe there's mysteries I believe there's some, sometimes paradoxes and there's even like tension, I believe, within truth and within the kingdom of God. And I believe one of the tensions like when it comes to life in the kingdom is like the moment we get born again, the moment we put faith in Jesus and become what the Bible calls born again, Christian, a believer, whatever it is you want to call it, we pass from darkness into light. Not only that, but it says that we are completely transformed into a new creature, right? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So how many of you believe when you become a Christian, when you got born again, your old self was crucified with Christ and you were raised with Christ as an entire New creation, completely transformed. Let's do a little bit better of that. How many of you believe that you're a new creation? That you've been completely transformed? Like, we, we're transformed the moment we put our trust in Jesus and are filled with the Spirit. But how many of you know that the tension in that is that we get to spend the rest of our lives on earth being transformed? It's like we are transformed and we're being transformed. Is there anybody in this room, raise your hand, if you've completely walked out your transformation already? (laughs) 
I'd love it if somebody was bold enough to just go, I have. Like, I'm there. Michelle's there. <laughs> like, Michelle, can you come on up here and pray for me? Like, like, and so much, like, Paul knew this. He's like, he knows we're a new creation, but he also said that we are being transformed and we're going from glory to glory. And that's why Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The tense is continue to be transformed. So we are transformed and we're continuing to be transformed. Like we get in trouble like when we feel like we've arrived. We, we get in trouble when we're like, I'm a new creation. It's all grace and I'm, I'm already transformed. Now I can just kind of do whatever I want because I'm a new creation. It's like, well, you don't really act like a new creation sometimes. You know, and there's no condemnation. But my, my point is this. We are on a journey of being transformed. That's why Paul said this in another place. He said, not that I have already arrived, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. I don't think he's just talking about pressing on to get to heaven. I think he's talking about pressing on to be transformed into the very likeness of Jesus himself. He's like, it's already begun, but it's still happening. I'm getting transformed from glory to glory, from strength to strength. In fact, in another place, he was writing, I believe it was the Galatians, in Galatians, he said, I labor until Christ is formed in you. We're transformed and we're being transformed. And if you look at the word transformed in both of the scriptures that we read, we're being transformed from glory to glory and we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's both places is the Greek word metamorpho. Everybody say metamorpho. It's where we get the English word. We translate into the English word metamorphosis. And of course, where you hear where uh, we read about or see the word metamorphosis the most, at least as far as I've seen, is when is the is the description of a caterpillar being transformed into a butterfly. By the way, how many of you think that that's just phenomenal? Like that process. Like if you're a nature freak, maybe you're just like ah, I don't really care. But it's just if you look at the if you look at that process, it's actually super. It, like it seems supernatural. And I've I've taken some time to read about it and study about it. And I've shared a little bit about it before, but I actually believe it's extremely prophetic. And I don't think there's any coincidence that the Greek word be transformed is the same word that the world recognizes as metamorphosis, the process of a caterpillar to a butterfly. And I believe it's extremely prophetic in nature. And I want to talk just for a few minutes about that. Like if you look at all of that process, first of all, did you know that a caterpillar actually has two sets of genes within it as a creature? Scientists will say, it has two sets of genes. Before it's even a butterfly, it has caterpillar genes and it has a set of butterfly genes. So when it becomes a butterfly, it's not just like a little bit change. It's actually an entirely new creature. And Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is entirely new. But we get to spend the rest of our lives becoming new and walking that thing out. But the other crazy thing about a caterpillar is before it's like, before it goes through the process of metamorphosis of being a caterpillar into this like beautiful creature called a butterfly, like it only feeds on one type of plant and it's called a milkweed. It's all it eats. Like it doesn't just kind of eat a bunch of different like plants, leaves, whatever it can find. No, it feeds on one type of plant and it's called a milkweed. And when it feeds on the milkweed, the milkweed is actually toxic to its predators. 
So right after it eats it, its predators can actually sense it, can smell it, and will leave it alone. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it's interesting because 1 Peter 2.2 says, in the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. And I don't think it's just talking about like reading scripture and memorizing scripture. I believe it's talking about this. What we feed on, what we meditate on on a daily basis has everything to do with our transformation. In Proverbs it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I don't know about you, but I, like, for me, when the enemy comes at me, he comes at my mind. And, and I really believe for the, for, I mean, he's called the father of lies. Like, we need to give him credit. Like, he's just doing his job. Like, it's what he does. He lies. But how many of you know the devil doesn't just, like, show up, like, on the cartoons, like, as, like, a little red devil on your shoulder, and he's like, let me tell you something to believe. No, like, it's so subtle, and sometimes it can feel so real He's, he's a deceiver. He's a father of lies. And, and I really believe that when we, when we partner with lies, we actually empower a disempowered devil. So it's so important in our process of transformation that we're a people who diligently will only meditate on that which is true. True about our identity. True about uh, you know, what it is that God's saying. Like, that's why it's so important that we war with our prophetic promises, our prophetic words. Paul told Timothy, like, wage war with the promises that were delivered to you through the laying on of, on of hands, that by them you may fight the good fight. Like, in Corinthians, it talks about taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I believe that in our, in our journey of transformation, and it's just... So important that we take captive every thought, every ideology, every idea that doesn't produce hope. Like, a really good way to recognize a lie is like, what's the fruit of this thing that I'm entertaining? And it's like, do you ever just find yourself like kind of going down the path? Maybe it's worry. By the way, how many of you know worry or fear is just faith in the wrong thing? <laughs> it's like, whether it's worry, anxiety, uh, you know, just believing lies. The way that you can recognize a lie is just look at the fruit. Like, is this producing hope? Is this producing righteousness, peace, and joy? And if it's not producing that, it's a really good indicator that it's something other than the Holy Spirit that's talking to us. But how many of you have the experience that sometimes it can just feel really true? It can feel really real even when it's a lie. But if we will recognize the fruit and take it captive, I love what uh, Francis Frangipan wrote years ago. He said, every area in your life that doesn't glisten with hope means that you're believing a lie and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Any area that isn't filled with hope, we need to say, okay, what's the lie that I'm believing there? And then we need to replace it with pure spiritual milk, maybe the lie is about your identity, that you're not worthy, that you're not valuable enough, you know, that God's not pleased with you. And we, we need to take those captive and go, no, 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 no. I might not feel worthy. I might not be 
feeling his pleasure in my emotions, but I believe by faith I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am pure in his sight. I take captive every thought that brings shame, condemnation, and I just meditate on the reality that I'm his beloved son in whom he's well pleased. And I believe that when we meditate on truth, we actually become toxic to the enemy. He's like, whoa. Like Glenn's like believing who he is. Like Alyssa is getting a revelation that the same spirit that rose her from the dead lives inside of her, that she's righteous and holy, that God delights in her. And it's like, he's like, I don't want to touch that. He's like, he's like, I don't even, I don't even want to get near that. Have, has any, have any of you ever seen the movie, The Bear years ago? I mean, it's like, for some reason, what I remember the most about this movie is the time this bear like ate magic mushrooms and, uh, and he's like starts hallucinating and it starts showing. So that part was kind of weird. But there's, but, there's, but there's this scene where this little bear cub is like face to face with, uh, with a, a predator. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember if it was a wolf or it was something that could, or another bear, something that could take out this cub. And he's like, kind of like, kind of like nervous and kind of scared and kind of like timid and backing off. Next thing you know, mama bear comes around the corner and gets behind baby bear and like stands up on its hind legs. And this, this predator just looks terrified. And all of a sudden the baby bear starts going, rawr, rawr, rawr. it's kind of like thinks he's scared of him. You know that like when we believe who we are, that's what happens to the enemy. I believe when we get a revelation of who we are, we are righteous, we are holy. Um, God, you know, the spirit of God lives inside of me. It's like when the enemy looks at us, he sees Jesus. And he actually starts to shrink back and he starts to get terrified. And we can be like, yeah, you better run, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but it's so important that we feed on the milk of his word, who he says we are, truth and not lies. The other interesting thing about the process of a caterpillar being turned into a butterfly is like, it's strange. But this caterpillar will like, when it's ready to form the cocoon around itself, it will actually like, climb out onto the edge of this like branch or this leaf and all of a sudden it will just hang upside down in the shape of a J and I was going to send a slide so we could put it up but I, I forgot but it'll like just hang there in like this like you know scientists actually call it the J formation it'll hang there as like looking like a little J or a little hook and then before long it starts to form this cocoon or this chrysalis around itself and that's when the transformation inside this cocoon begins. But I remember reading that and thinking, man, transformation doesn't come from trying to be transformed. Like, has anybody ever, like, just tried it on their own? It, like, it's horrible. <laughs> it's impossible. That's why Paul said, listen, all of my righteousness, in other words, doing it in my own strength, all of my righteousness is like filthy rags. And he said, all of my righteousness is like, is like garbage compared to the righteousness of Christ. So we're not transformed by, through behavior modification or just really strong willpower or trying really, really, really hard to be good people, to be good Christians. No, we are transformed by just hanging in that J formation, resting in Jesus. Just like sitting back into the finished work of the cross and trusting fully in what he's done and not what we can do. And there's some, listen, like the power of the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus is so much more powerful than we think it is. It doesn't just 
forgive us. It doesn't just cleanse us. The Holy Spirit, through what Jesus did, empowers us to be new creations. It empowers us. Like, listen, God's grace doesn't just give us forgiveness. It empowers us to live like Jesus. And it's his grace. That's why Paul actually told Timothy, he said this, Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He wasn't just saying, be strong, try really hard. He said, no, 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 be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And if you'll start to lean into and partner with his grace, you'll start to experience the power of God working in you and working through you. Everybody say, it's not my own strength. It's in Christ. It's in, it's in, like, it's in abiding in him, resting in him, and trusting in him. I don't know about you, but like the more... The longer I like live this life in the kingdom, like walking with Jesus, the more I realize I can't do it. Like the more I realize like, like I, I am so dependent on him. I am so dependent on the Holy Spirit. And that's where he wants us to be. I love in Song of Solomon's, Song of Solomon, which is obviously, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's written about, you know, marital love and, uh, a husband and his wife, but it's also a prophetic picture of the church, the bride of Christ and Jesus. And I love this, the part where it says, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I, listen, if you're in a wilderness, if you're going through a test, if you're going through a challenge, like don't waste your trial. Use it as an opportunity to press into Jesus, to rest in him, not depend on yourself, but fully depend on the Holy Spirit in you. He is the comforter. You can lean on him. And listen, you will come up out of the wilderness leaning on your beloved, but you have full permission to fully lean on him. Not trust in yourself, not trust in your own ability, but fully depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul said, in my weakness, I am strong. In the Passion Translation, it says, my weakness becomes a portal for God's power. Listen, you feel weak, you feel dependent, you feel like out of control, that's exactly where he wants you because it's only in that place that we can see the fullness of the power of God and the grace of God released in and through us. So it like hangs in this J formation. It forms this cocoon or this, uh, you know, I guess the proper word is chrysalis around itself. And it's crazy. Like within this cocoon, it says that this caterpillar basically turns into like this soupy like mush. How many of you know transformation's messy sometimes? And from that place starts to form into this like miraculously forms into this caterpillar. And it says that this transformation is like 10, a 10 to 14 day process within the cocoon. And it starts to form, it starts to develop, it starts to like, I've, like I've heard of scientists actually using the term, it gets born again within the cocoon. And as it goes from caterpillar to butterfly within the cocoon, even when the butterfly is like fully formed, it starts to struggle within the cocoon to get free. And did you know that it's the struggle within the cocoon 
that actually gives the butterfly the strength. It's struggling, trying to break out, moving around, flexing its wings. Eventually, it kind of pushes through and busts out. But it's the struggle to get out that actually gives its wings the strength to fly once it gets out. And if, like, let's just say you're, like, on the nature walk. You're, like, walking through the park, and you see, like, this cocoon. And you're like, man, that butterfly probably needs out. And all of a sudden, you're like, it's probably fully formed. Let me just help it out a little bit. And you just kind of start to tear the cocoon. You're like, there you go, little guy. I'm such a good Samaritan. You know, come on out and fly. How many of you know you'd be doing it a disservice? Because it's the struggle within that gives it the strength to fulfill its destiny. And... uh, And I really believe that sometimes the the tests, the challenge, the trials that we face are actually God, God uses them. I'm not saying he causes them all, but I believe he uses them. Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That he'll use the very things that we walk through if we'll pay attention, we'll lean into it, and we won't waste it to actually strengthen us and prepare us for what's next. And listen, I love this scripture. It spells it out so well in, uh, in the message in James chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to this. James chapter 1, verse 2 in the message. It says this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I just want to say, first of all, it's not my fault that's in the Bible. (laughs) But But he said, don't try to get out of anything prematurely, but let it do its work so that you might be mature, well-developed, and I'll just insert transformed. And then it says not deficient in any way. And I'd like to propose to you that whatever it is that you're walking through is preparing you for what's ahead. Whatever it is that you're walking through is actually preparing you to walk in the fullness of what it is that God has for you. And Paul said, or James said, consider it a gift when you face tests and challenges at all times. Like, what would happen if we actually attached faith to our difficulties? What if we actually, like, attached faith to the trials and the circumstances that are challenging to us sometimes? Am I saying that I'm a pro at it? Absolutely not. This past week, it's been a week. It's been an extremely difficult week. But in it, just, just kind of tweaking my perspective a little bit and just leaning into the Lord. I'm like, God, this, this is horrible. I hate what I'm going through right now. It's, it's, not, it's not fun, but I believe you are causing all things to work together for my good. This very challenge that I'm facing right now, you might not have caused it, but you'll use it. And you're using it to shape me. You're using it to form me. You're using it to uh, allow me to lean on you and depend on you in a, in a whole new way. And listen, I believe that sometimes our trials and our circumstances are things taking longer to manifest than we were hoping it would take. Like, listen, 
How many of you have like a few prophetic promises over your life that are yet to be fulfilled? Anybody else? Like, I don't know about you, but like sometimes I'll get a prophetic word or a promise and I'm like, that's amazing. That's God. I, that bears witness in my spirit and it's probably gonna happen tomorrow. <laughs> and God's like, mm, how about 10 years? <laughs> because sometimes it is the gap time between the promise and the fulfillment that actually prepares you to walk in the fulfillment. So, this is in my notes, but remember like in Hebrews, in chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews said, imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. Like we love to talk about faith, don't we? Like, could you imagine there was like a patience conference? <laughs> it's like, come to this conference. Patience, 2021. <laughs> Learn how to endure like a champ. <laughs> Learn how to hang in there when your breakthrough's not coming. Learn that it's probably gonna take longer than you think. <laughs> so it says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And like, listen, we, we live in a microwave generation, man. Like we want things quick, we want things easy, and we want things right now. It's like, I remember when, when Ann and I first moved here from, uh, from California, like we moved here and we had stuff in storage and we moved to an apartment at first and we're like, you know what? We don't need our microwave. We're like, they're not good for you. They give off like, you know, they probably give you cancer and they probably like give, and my, my wife's like, you know, she knows all about that stuff. So we're like, we don't need a microwave. Let's just leave it in storage. <laughs> so, you know, we're like, we can heat up our water on the stove. We can, we can cook toast in the oven or whatever, whatever you do. We can get a toaster oven. Like, I think we were two weeks in, and I was like, this is not the Lord at all. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the Lord. I'm going to get our microwave out of storage. Like, this is horrible. Like, we're a microwave generation. Like, we want things now. We want it manifest the next day. We're like, okay, let it happen now. When God's like, you know what? I'm a little bit more into, like, slow cooker, like, marination. And, and I really believe that when we submit to the process, when we submit to everything it is that God wants to do in us, it will actually prepare us to handle the weight of what it is that he wants to release. And, and James said, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. And can I just say this? I've just been, I've been watching just this past, like, year, like, to, through 2020 and 2000. I've just watched, like, people run from difficulty. I just watch people, like, you know, I've watched people go, you know what? This is, like, really hard. Or actually, usually they word it like this. I feel like God's moving me on. <laughs> and sometimes, and I don't just mean like moving on from a church. I mean like moving on from a relationship, moving on from a calling. Sometimes it's moving on from a church. It's like, you know what? Things are hard right now. I'm actually having some relational challenges. Things are difficult right now. And I don't think that's God's will for my life. So I'm piecing out. I feel called to go somewhere else. <laughs> and sometimes I just like to go, are you really called or are you just trying to get out of something prematurely? And I really believe that God is challenging the body of Christ 
Like, don't quit. Don't give up just because things are getting difficult. And that's why sometimes people bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship. Because on a surface level, things are really good. But as soon as you start like getting in my grill and things start like coming up, it's like, mm, that doesn't feel good at all, so I'm out of here. And, and I really believe that there is a challenge really to the body of Christ to not grow weary in well-doing. Do not give up and you will reap a harvest when you don't give up. And I really believe there's an invitation. Like there's probably people all over this room go walking through different stuff. Like life comes at us. There's circumstances, there's difficulties. You know, like, like Sarah's word, like there's just stuff happening in the world. And sometimes we can feel that. But I believe that tonight there's people who are walking through tests and challenges and that there's an invitation to actually embrace the process and say, God, I don't know everything that's going on right now, but I choose by faith to believe that all things are working together for my good. I'm gonna submit to you. I'm gonna submit to the process. I'm gonna believe you're using even challenging circumstances to form me into your image. And I'm gonna submit to that process. And when I do, I believe that I'm gonna come out of the wilderness leaning on my beloved, shining more transformed into the likeness of Christ. Because listen, the answer to a hurting, dying world is a church that looks like Jesus. It's a church that is submitted to the process, is transformed by the renewing of our minds, that, it, that has been formed into his image from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And part of doing that is actually just trusting him even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of challenge. So let's do this. Let's all stand together. And uh, I was going to ask the worship team to come up, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to get them to play some music because I want to give everybody an opportunity um, to get prayer, anybody that wants prayer. And uh, what I want to do is I want to pray. Like, like, listen, we all have stuff. But I want to pray for anybody who's like, no, like, I'm not just like having like, I didn't, I'm not talking about like stubbing your toe this week. I mean, like you are in it. Like you are going through a really difficult test, challenge, trial, where you can feel like the scripture said, just read, your faith life being tested and being forced out into the open. So if you're here tonight, you're like, that's me. Like, I am in it. I'm walking through it. Listen, that was me this week. I'm praying for myself in Jesus' name. But if that's you, you say, you know what? I am in it. It's like I'm facing a test, a challenge, and I want the strength of God working in me. I want him to use this for my good, and I don't want to waste it. I want him to use it to transform me into his image from glory to glory, strength to strength. If that's you, this is a safe place. Just raise your hand nice and high. We're going to gather around everybody that wants prayer. Just re raise it nice and high. The rest of you, if you're like, you know what, I'm not in one of those right now, you are ministry team. So just look around and find somebody with their hand up. And I want you to put your hands on them and just ask them where you can put it. I mean, if you can put it on your shoulder, we have somebody pray for Bailey over here. And what I want you to do is I just want you to start to pray with authority that God would release supernatural grace to embrace the process and that Christ would be formed in them 
through this challenge. Just begin to pray just out loud for them. Supernatural grace, strength, comfort. And that the Lord would use this for their good. supernatural grace, Holy Spirit, all over the room right now. Lord, I pray that even in the midst of the struggle, you would release a fresh hope right now in Jesus' name. A hope that things are gonna turn around and that you're gonna use it for their good. And I just want to declare over those that are getting prayer right now, in Jesus' name, God is using this for your good. God is using it to bring transformation. I even see greater measures of healing in people's hearts being released as you just lean into the Father. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Just do a deep work in these hearts. Let hope arise in these hearts. Let a spirit of faith just well up inside of them, knowing like, I'm gonna get through this and I'm gonna come out of it looking more like Jesus. So Lord, I pray right now, supernatural grace, just pray for them just for another minute. If you get a word for them to encourage them, just begin to prophesy over them, begin to speak it over their hearts. Or just begin to encourage them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We just release great grace. Hope rising in people's hearts, in their emotions. In Jesus' name. fresh grace, fresh strength. And Lord, I pray for supernatural peace to be released to every person right now. We declare peace over your heart, over your mind. And where there's lies of the enemy, we silence the accuser. We silence the liar and we say, peace be still to the storm in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. anybody else just wants prayer tonight for anything, come on up to the front. There'll be people up here ready to pray for you. And um, we don't want anybody to leave without getting prayer. But let's all do this. Let's just put our hand on our hearts. Father, I pray. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at KingdomLifeSA.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.